Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Jared Brandon, Brandon Pickup. Hey, it's me, Todd Novak. Glad to have you with us. We are super excited. I mean, mega, really super duper crazy, bunko excited uh, about this episode because we've got very someone very special on the line right now. Well, I thought you guys were having me today. <laughs> <laughs> I want, who's this guest? I want to. That's I want to hang you. Out you're you're, 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 you're going to love it, Brian. You're going to love them. <laughs> wow. Well, I thought there was somebody important here. Yeah. All right. He's not cool. doing it for us. So we're just going to, I'm just going to tell it. This is Brian Womp. I mean, this isn't Brian Wampler, but that other guy you hear is Brian Wampler. The Brian Wampler. I, I am the guy known as Brian Wampler. Yes. yes. The pedal builder formerly known as. Yep. There we <laughs> <Right>. go. <laughs> so uh, we've got a, uh, well, I mean, you're kind of a historical artifact. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, that's, that's like, you're so old. I'm surprised you're still around here. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if you recognize his name, you know why we have him on, his sh- on the show. And if you are new to the guitar world and are just kind of getting emerged in this, um, you are going to find out why we have him on the show because uh, his contribution is probably one of the reasons you're actually interested in these things. So um, we're going to take care of a couple bits of of guitar knobs stuff real quick, and uh, and then we're going to get on with the uh, the rest of the show. All the peoples out there, uh, we hope you are having an awesome guitar week yourselves. First of all, I want to thank Chris from Apple, who helped us solve a really big issue we were having. In the past couple episodes, we've been having a lot of clicks. And there's just been this crazy issue going on. I thought it was the building. I thought it was the... I thought it was all kinds of things. And uh, thanks, Tony. What a jackass. Um, <laughs> Call anyway, Chris up. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I, I talked to Chris and, it, you know, this is one of those cool things where you connect with somebody and you kind of know. There's like this weird you know, right? And I'm like, you're not into guitars, are you? And he's like, oh man, I got a blah, blah, blah. And he starts listening off all the guitars. And I'm like, that's so cool. So we talked about the show and he was helping to fix the show and he was excited about that. And he, he became a listener. So Chris out there from Apple, dude, thank you so much. So much. Appreciate your time. Thank you. And buy pedals. Yeah, and by pedals, right? <laughs> yeah. And pick cards. Yeah, we also want to give uh, a huge shout out to Rode Microphones for sponsoring our show and allowing us to record our thoughts and opinions and all this nonsense on the Rode Procaster series microphone uh, designed entirely and built entirely out of Sydney, Australia. Thank you so much, Rode. Uh, I, we also want to bring your attention to a, a really cool little article on Reverb.com. Um, I was perusing Reverb and ran across a great article uh, about the Les Paul Bursts. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's entitled, How Many Les Paul Bursts Did Gibson Really Make? And they kind of go into like the, just the big overview of you know, what a burst is and all that stuff. Um, the late fifties, I presume. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and also, uh, inside there was a really cool sub article that, that you could link out to called inside a burst. Mm-hmm. And that breaks down all the identifiable parts of, a, of a Les Paul and, and the burst specifically. Oh, and on this article at the bottom of this thing, super crazy. They got a whole bunch of bursts for sale, like super notable burst like the ones behind the glass cases and everything oh man yeah i think the most expensive one that i saw on there was three hundred thousand dollar range Ooh, dang dude you're good you are good i know burst i believe it was, a little bit i believe it was 325 yeah something bonkers like that quarter of a million you're gonna have to go to the to the uh article and find out for yourself though yeah. anyway so yeah check out reverb.com forward slash news and you'll see it there or just do a search for burst let's find out what's going on in our burstified world in the world of guitars let's hear from jared first well it was a quite eventful last couple of weeks for me but i'm gonna narrow this little thing down to pedals good man that's right so after all this time after getting this really cool pedal board that you know, Todd actually helped me find at the Chicago show, what, three or four months ago. 
uh, I finally put my choice pedals on this pedal board. Mm-hmm. Use my um, power thing and everything. It was it was the a great, power thing. It, you can search for those. What, what is on, it? It's on, not on, a one trademark on the internet. It's, it's True Tone or True. <laughs> what is it? Yep. True True Tone. See one spot. Yeah, I remember? Pro. Yeah. Yep. And uh, anyway, I got that thing going and and um, I actually made more room and in, in my playing area and everything. And I I can't wait to get back to those pedals and start playing and jamming. And, Good. You, and hey, come over sometime and tell me if I have them in the right order, too. I will do that. I will do that. And uh, that's actually a good point. And we would encourage people who aren't as familiar with what's going on in the uh, w- w- with your with your pedal order and stuff. Right. There's that's important. It's really important. I actually helped out my nephew with that over the Christmas vacation. He was actually going to get rid of a couple pedals because they didn't sound good. And the first thing I asked him was. Well, what, what order do you have, yeah. man? And we switched it up, and he was like stupefied yeah. how much it, it changed. It means everything. Yeah, yeah. If there was only somebody on the line that could tell us so much more about that, but we won't bog him down with that right now. <laughs> Tony, what's going on? Well, uh, gosh, there's been a whole lot that has been going on, but uh, pick one. I'm picking one. Jeez, he's always <laughs> on me. Always on me. All right, so this week, uh, gosh, we've there's been a bunch going on, but the thing that comes immediately to mind because I just uh, solved it is uh, Naomi and Kina from uh, Guild Guitars. They're in marketing and artist relations. There uh, are getting me uh, hooked up with one of the new uh, Jet Stars. Really? That they're uh, that they're releasing. Oh, how cool! And I've seen the prototype over the last couple of Nam shows. They haven't officially done it till this year Mm -hmm. and uh they're starting to filter them out to their various distributors and what have you but uh they were extremely helpful hooked me up with a great deal on one what color did you get seafoam green Uh, whoa all right all right (laughs) i guess and what really intrigued me about the model is over the years i've i've had a couple of the ones from the 60s which were how shall we say questionable at times yeah they they weren't the best made guitars uh these they've really i've been really impressed with what cordoba has done with the guild brand yeah especially over the last couple years since they bought it and they're releasing some really cool models uh, this is definitely one of them. It's got a six in line headstock, kind of like a firebird. Nice. Really, really kind of cool. So, uh, so big thanks to, to the folks out at Guild and, uh, I'll probably see it in March as it turns out. Yeah. But well, that's I can't okay. wait till you bring it in. I even will bring if it, it is in. seafoam. <laughs> Brian, what's going on in your guitar world? Uh, well, my guitar world consists mostly of breadboarding things. So yeah. this week I've spent a ton of, uh, ton of time breadboarding a couple of different circuits that I'm working on. I wish I could say more, but I can't say that much more. Um, let's see. I just got done doing a video for a bunch of synergy units. So uh, I, don't, I don't know if you guys have seen the module stuff. Uh, Randall licensed it a couple of years ago, and these guys own it. So it's uh, like... I don't know, like there's some Friedman stuff and there's some Morgan things. Uh, Diesel has some units. Sedano has a unit. So it's kind of like you can take these, what I like to use it for. I'll take these units, use them with like a Fender Hot Rod Deluxe or something. So you can totally change that amp into something completely and radically different. So that's what I've been doing. Excellent. So lots of pedals, even with your pedals, and you probably have pedals for breakfast, right? <laughs> there's there's a lot of, of pedals laying around, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but actually bits of pedals because, I mean, if anyone knows me, I'm a tinkerer. So I have, like I'm sitting looking at like three or four wall pedals take, that I'm taking apart just to try to figure out some stuff to do for an upcoming book I'm rewriting, I guess. Ooh. So. Okay. Yeah. We'll so get into we'll get into all that good stuff here in just a uh, just a couple minutes, and you sure. can divulge loads of information. <laughs> uh, as if, for me, yeah, what's going on? Man? Oh, thanks, Jared. That was very polite of you to ask me that. Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> Tony doesn't give a crap. <laughs> yeah. Um, Who is this guy? Yeah. So uh, this week, I was I introduced the Nerd Knuckle Benefuzz to my pedal board and the clouds broke open the heavy gold began to rain down upon me whoa it was it was awesome 
It was absolutely awesome. Wow, wow, wowzy, wowzy, woo, woo. Man, that sounded good. And so my whole band was just like, what is that? And I said, I know, right? So I was really excited. Um, and you'll probably be hearing this r- pretty much right after we will have had Nerd Knuckle on. So you will have heard this episode, the Nerd Knuckle episode, I'm sure, by the time you hear this. So cool. Uh, we talk about it a little bit on that. So uh, anyways, that was really exciting. I love trying all kinds of new pedals, and which is one of the reasons that we have Mr. Wampler on the line. Uh, so anyways, what we're going to get to the next thing, which is, you know what's my favorite. One, two, one, two, three, four on the floor. Mine are pretty conventional, actually. They really are. So it, it's um, TS9, TS10, TS808, and an OD808. I'm totally teaching you. Nah. It's actually... Uh, yeah, you should have seen my face. Like, <laughs> That's in record time, man. I was like, yeah, those all wait, sound so good. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> totally oh, you teasing. had me going. You pulled a fast one on me. All right. So, one no, so at a really, time. It's, Let's it's, do this. <laughs> sure. So, um, rat, uh, just... An old good 308 rat with a with the 150k pot. Uh, mm-hmm. You specifically said the the old one. What about the old one? It, it holds that magic for you. Um, nothing. Re- honestly, nothing. I, I really don't believe in like the mojo stuff. But the old ones, uh, one have more value, so you can resell them and make more money. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> Buy a wampler pedal. <laughs> Honest, <laughs> honesty is the best policy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, some of the old ones, I believe, have a 150k pot versus 100k, uh-huh. which is a little. It's that kind of. It's kind of an odd value, um, and so that's that's to me, to me that's kind of a cool thing. I guess more from a collector's point of view. Okay. From a playing point of view, I, I, I probably would just like re- the one that I actually play through is a fairly new one, and uh, I don't even think I've changed the chip in that one yet. But usually, I'll throw a, th- a LM308 in it and call it a day. So let's just say someone had one with with the 100K pot in it, and they Mm -hmm. wanted to put a 150K pot in it. And let's Mm -hmm. just say someone had a book out that uh, described how to modify pedals. Would would, would there be... You are really (laughs) jumping the gun, aren't you? (laughs) Let's just say there was such a thing. (laughs) How how difficult would that be? Yes. Oh, it's super, super easy. So yeah. if, if you've changed pickups before, then you could probably solder that. Yeah. Um, as long as you're holding the right end of the soldering iron, just basically. <laughs> How can you tell which wires. is the right end? <laughs> you'll, give it about 30 seconds to a minute, and you'll figure yeah. it out. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. What do you got <laughs> for number two, Brian, for these clowns? Derail me so all together. That, that would be a tube screamer of some sort. Don't care if it's an 808. Don't care if it's TS5, TS7, TS9. Uh, TS10 um, from a playing perspective. Okay. Obviously, from a collector's perspective, it would be a like new TS808, you know, that nice. Steve Avon, you know, recorded on or something stupid. But yeah, just just a good tube screamer circuit. Um, just I, I really this is going to really sound very odd, especially since we make guitar pedals. But I'm and I know uh, I see a lot of people on all these forums who are like just so into these mojo parts, even even with our stuff. Like, mm-hmm. which when was this built? Because I, I, you know, I saw this signature on it, so it must sound better. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, that's that's not really how we do things. In fact, I I have a standard that everything is tested against a standard pedal. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't sound like that standard pedal, then it doesn't get sent out into the world. Interesting. <laughs> so. So, uh, I don't well, is, is it fair to say though that a lot of companies don't do that? So, I mean, especially, I mean, the storied past of electroharmonics is like, you know, what what bag of chips is that one made from? Kind of story, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, and you know, not to not to say anything negative towards Mike, but um, I'm not sure how they do their production stuff, but I, I know ours is different than yeah. what they do. Well, I mean, so. the old one, the old stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've read some stuff where you know he he was saying why it moved from this factory to that that factory. Yeah. I just uh, and we have moved factory. We did change factories. This the standard never changed. Yeah. So, um, you know, we may have changed the painter a little bit or the graphics. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did move some of the stuff to half. Some of it's uh, has a mixture of of surface mount versus through hole stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, e- even then, in fact, uh, there was something 
Phil McKnight actually put out a blog because he apparently got upset when I'd said something to him. But anyways, long story short, um, I don't think he likes surface mount. Well, he said in one of his videos that he he didn't like how JHS had surface mount in a pedal. Mm-hmm. And I had simply like commented and I mentioned on our podcast that you can't look at a surface mount pedal and say it's cheap because I mean, I can look at right now. There's there's capacitors that are you know three four dollars a piece. Yeah. And there's also some that are ten dollars or ten cents a piece. Right. Even though they look exactly alike, they're the same value. They're just a different type. Right. So it's I mean it's it, it's that's not really what it's about. I mean, there's a when you build a lot of pedals, there's a limited amount of through hole parts, mm-hmm. and especially as time goes on, it's going to be even more limited. So you kind of you got to kind of plan for that unless it's a limited run. Right. And so, so we, I spent a lot of time just going through parts and trying to make sure that these capacitors sound the same as this other capacitor that's no longer made. And I have for years, like that's, that took up a gigantic amount of time. Right. Uh, so, so, um, I don't even know where I was heading from there. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know, know but it's myself. fascinating. I, I love talking about it. <laughs> so, how about, um, how about you take us to number, uh, three? So, okay. Uh, that would probably be. Um, a big muff and specifically um, I have this black Russian big muff that's been modded a hundred times. And so it's like the circuit boards all tore up and the wires are all, you know, halfway hanging there. And, but it just sounds so good. (laughs) And, and I actually, I've, I've like taken everything out and made another big muff like with the same values and it still just didn't sound the same, not bad, just not the same. Huh. And so, so I just keep hanging on to it because is this I mean, the one in the been, book? This is um, it probably is the one in the book. Yeah, probably is. Let's just say it is. So that, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> I think what the, a great I think the story. trick is you have to you have to pour <laughs> vodka over it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right, number four. Okay, so number four it would just be a Dynacomp. Uh, yeah, I like I like compression. Yeah. I used to like a lot of compression back when I was trying to imitate Brent uh, Brent Paisley. <laughs> that that would be I Brent Mason. <laughs> Brent Mason Paisley. <laughs> yeah. yeah, both Brad Mason and Brent Paisley. They're two of the best pickers around in Nashville. Um, but I, I do like a little compression, just especially on clean stuff, just to kind of give everything kind of an overall boost. So I don't sure. really. I don't really use it on, well, I don't really play much country stuff anymore, but, um, yeah. So there, there you go. Cool. Rat, Tube Screamer, Big Muff, Dynacom. Boom. Nice. That is a solid lineup, my man. Okay. So the reason we have Brian here today is, um, for those of you, I'm, I'm just going to assume that everybody doesn't know. That's what, that's how I'm going to approach this because, so many of our listeners, you know, they're, they're all over the place as far as, uh, experience level and you know age and all that stuff. So uh, you, we have people that have been playing for years and years and years that you know don't know lots of stuff. So let's just all assume that we don't know anything. And Brian's here to help us out. Oh, help us! Yeah. So <laughs> Lord, uh, in, in my in my grubby little hands, in in one hand, in one hand, I have the this storied book. How to Modify Guitar Pedals by Brian Wampler. It's actually harder to get on uh, on the internet than I thought. Uh, <laughs> you got to like viruses. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in, my, yeah. <laughs> in my other hand is a sovereign distortion. And so we have, we've got um, how to do things and what happens when you do something in, in one in each hand. Uh, so we're looking at those today. Um, I I kind of stumbled on this. I didn't even know this was out there. And perfect example. I mean, I've been playing like, you know, 20 years. I'm not the the most knowledgeable cat about guitar stuff, which is one of the reasons that I started the podcast. I'm like, I want to learn more and I want to learn it from the people that I uh, am liking their stuff. So um, I started working on my own pedals and someone said, hey, do you have the book, uh, How to Modify Guitar Pedals? I'm like, no, <laughs> like it will make your life easier. I'm like, I need to get this book. And, you know, I was obviously aware of, of you as a pedal builder, but I didn't know that, that, you know, I didn't know your story. I didn't know your history. And 
we can, I think it's pretty safe to say that we can thank Brian for the plethora of amazing gear that that we have access to at this at this point in time in our guitar world you have clearly inspired droves of people to go out and do this on your own which is i believe what you kind of set out to do with in in the first place you know it's it's really weird when i very first started um i was working construction and I, that, I, did, I just did this for fun. You know, most, most people go inside and like watch TV at night. Mm-hmm. I would go tear apart pedals and see what happens when you replace C1 with a different capacitor. It, I know it's a little dorky, but that's what I did. <laughs> oh, I did and, this to uh, the sovereign pedal, by the way. It didn't work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I was also in construction, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sure you weren't chipper and bright eyed when, when you were doing this either. No. No, well, I mean, yeah. So, <laughs> one, I hated, I hated my job, uh, and I worked for myself as kind of like a subcontractor. Yeah. But it just, uh, you know, it's not a whole lot of fun. Like, I don't know. To me, putting in cabinets one day, maybe painting a house the next, roofing the next. I just, I mean, it's better than a factory job for me. Sure. For, with my personality, I, I cannot do the same thing every day. It just, right. I don't work that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would come home and stay up most of the night. In fact, I don't think I slept for about three years at one point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, um, yeah. I, I started out, I'm getting off track here. I started out because, um, people were asking me questions. So I, I would modify some people, some, some pedals on like Harmony Central or one of those forums, mm-hmm. just mostly for fun. Uh, um, in fact, Brad Fee, who I used to own Mojo Hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, uh, way back then, I would you know he'd send me some pedals and we'd trade pedals. And I might modify something for him every now and then. I remember he was one of the guys from way back then. Um, but anyways, so I, I started out modifying stuff and people would ask me what I did. So I would just like email them the changes and then they would ask me more and more questions. And finally, I was like, I'm spending like several hours a night answering questions. I need to at least like put this in a PDF or something, make a couple bucks off of my time. Right. And so I did that. And then people asked me to put it into a hard, you know, like a regular physical copy of book. And so I just did the print on demand thing um, through, I think, CreateSpace or Hulu, not Hulu. Um, oh, I forget the companies back then that did it. But basically, you, you know, you upload your PDF and you can make a book. And so I started doing that. And I thought I thought that was actually going to be my business for several years. And slowly but surely, retailers customers and then retailers were asking if I had thought about making, you know, like a line of pedals in my own distortion or my own whatever. Right. And so I started doing that and the demand for that just kind of organically, uh, it just kind of organically beat the DIY stuff. And there was a point where they were kind of neck and neck. And and I thought, I've got to quit one of these. I can't, I can't do both. Right. I can't, I, you know, I can't knock it out of the park and, and do both to the best of my ability. So I thought, um, pedal sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, it really kind of was just, uh, you know, an off the cuff thing. I thought, ah, I'll just go with pedals. Uh, and um, so far it's worked out. But I still love, you know, the DIY side of it. So it's really weird that I would, uh, I would, be, I would still write books and, teach people how to create a guitar pedal business <laughs> that's you don't usually find that very often in industries and people write a book on how to how to compete with them well you, you know, know what's what's interesting and i think uh so i'm in uh, i'm in the creative field uh, specifically i guess you could say the tech creative field by trade i'm working the digital advertising and er- arena in creative and there are two mentalities that i have found and I'm, i bet this is you can corroborate this based on what you just told me, but there are those who basically wrap their arms tightly around their knowledge to protect it, to protect, uh, you know, whatever cachet or, or control that they have. There are others that basically open their arms wide open and share their knowledge and share the things that, that have taken them to where they are. And, uh, invariably, those people attract more and gain more in the long run. Like, I don't know anybody 
that is an open arms person that doesn't have greater respect as a result, that hasn't furthered their career as a result, that hasn't gained more opportunities as a result. They go hand in hand. And it's a hard thing for people to, to, to come to terms with because when you have something and you're like, well, this is how I got here. I better protect this. It, it, you, you, it's important to be able to say, no, no, no. If you are in any kind of a community, any kind of a closed community, whether it's guitar or creative or whatever you're, you're doing, that is the way things grow. And we've talked about this before where the, the you know, rising tide ra- raises all boats, Right. Mm-hmm. And so as a result, you have created, you've helped to create an industry that has surely lifted your place in the industry. Yeah. I mean, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk said it, says it best. He says, legacy is better than currency. Oh man. And I'm a fan of that dude. it's completely true. I mean, to me, the, the thing that I want to do more than anything else is not build, sell more guitar pedals or sell more than company ABC. Like mm-hmm. that's that's not what I want to do. What I do want to do is affect more people than others. Yeah. You know what I mean? In a in a positive way. And I know that sounds like oh great, Brian's going to be a motivational speaker. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's not what I mean. But I think sometimes when you just have conversations with people yeah. all the time, one on one. You affect so many. And so, you know, we do a YouTube channel and of course Mm -hmm. we have a podcast and all the different social stuff that we do. It's really just about like mass scaling one-on-one relationships. Yeah. That's really all it is. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure people will say it's a tactic or whatever. I mean, I don't think people are saying that about you because you started, you started doing that way back and yeah, yeah. you know, it just, it matters. It matters. It, it matters greatly. And, it, you know, I would say chances are, hadn't you done that? And had you just said, I'm just going to try to build my own personal empire, uh, you'd probably be, you, there's a good chance you'd be sort of lost among the, the many there without, with, without truly being, uh, standing out over this long of time, because this time, especially this industry favors th- Favors the new, favors the fresh. What's next? What's new? I mean, that's why we have Nam every year, right? Right, right. So, uh, it, if you are at all being curious and you're listening to this uh, still, <laughs> which I hope you are, uh, this this book is it's really interesting. Um, when I started doing my own pedal, just kind of dibble dabbling, I went to the internet because like I don't know anything about anything, but I really want to try this. And I actually found a guy called Big Clive. He's this Scottish guy who's huge. He's bigger than Jared, I think. I bet he's bigger than Jared. He's got a huge red beard and he's redheaded. Mm. And he goes through this very simple process. And, and he, I want this guy to read me books like to go to sleep too. It, it's amazing. <laughs> if you haven't, look up Big Clive, Big Clive on, on YouTube and you'll love it. You'll just He tears everything apart and it's just great. Great to listen to. Anyway, really? Oh, he's great. Check yeah. <laughs> but your book reminded me of when I first kind of had to figure this out. Like, what is a resistor? You know, and he goes through all those things. And I think your, your first 46 pages in this book can show anybody who has never at all considered even thinking about these things at the end of that has a very good understanding of what what all these elements do and what you need to actually go and tweak something, which is followed by, you know, a couple hundred pages of here's how you tweak something. It's fantastic. Right. Well, you know, th- that <laughs> that came about because when I was very, very first starting, like this might be 2001 or so. I, so I was trying to figure out why do, why does this capacitor even change anything? Like right. what is what does a capacitor even do? And so I, I would uh, I would ask on the you know DIY forms at that time, like how do you like how would you change the gain in something? And not everyone, but there were several that at that time that kind of they didn't like to dumb things down for people. Like they they yeah. they would explain it very technically. You'd be like, okay, so but basically, like which which one controls like base content? 
And so they'd give you, you know, like all the math. I'd be like, no, I, I, I got it. You, you're an engineer. Dumb this down for guitar players. <laughs> like, do you need to dumb it down for me? Yeah. And um, so that's really why I started. I'm like, this is ridiculous. So I read some books, well, a bunch of books to this day, but just studied, really. Did a lot of breadboarding, which is, you know, you, it's uh, a quick way to build circuits without soldering. Mm-hmm. So you put it on this device and you just kind of connect things real quick. So I was taking schematics, building them on a breadboard, playing through them, and then I would just take out parts one by one. What happens when I do this? What happens when I do that? And so I got to figure out, ah, this part of the circuit, you increase this capacitor, you give it, it gives more bass, and it also can give it more gain. You could take out highs with this area. Like I started to figure out all these little things. And so I just put them in my notes, which became that book. You know, on so the cool. Boss DS1, if you change C3, it'll, you know, give more or less bass before clipping. Right. Which kind of makes it more spongy or might make it tighter. I think it's C3, but I'm going off the top of my head. Yeah. But, um, you know, so those notes were kind of for me to remember, you know, for my own hobby. <laughs> I was just trying, I was trying to bring really technical stuff to a bunch of guys who don't care how... They don't care how you get the math to do it. All they want to know is, what part do I change for more bass in this? Right. You know, so that's really how I was kind of approaching it. I I think uh, uh, I'm going to keep trying to tease people with this because, honestly, it's so great. Specifically right now, with the release of the the new Electro Harmonics Billy Corgan muff, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, after his famed op amp uh, that was used on Siamese Dream. Siamese Dream. Mm Mm-hmm. Arguably one of the greatest albums of all time, in my own personal opinion. But uh, anyway, I don't think that's argu- I don't think it's arguably. I think it just is. Yeah. Hey, there we go. All right, now we're talking. <laughs> I'm going to argue with. Yeah. You. So um, <laughs> on page two twenty, <220, laughs> on page two, we're not going to do a reading or anything. But yeah. on page two twenty, <laughs> you will find the Russian Big Muff Pie Mod. Uh, now, that's that sounds enticing. But you know what's even better than that? Page two twenty three discusses how to do the creamy dreamer mod which is basically trying to get uh his sound correct well yeah yeah so the backstory behind that is gosh i don't even know the years but it was several years ago uh early 2000s i apparently there was a younger guy who came on the diy forums and said how do i modify my big muff like what should i do to make it this or this or that. Yeah. And so a lot of people told him, well, he took those changes and started making his own pedals and called him, called it the creamy dreamer. And it was just a modified big muff with these changes that came from the forum. Mm -hmm. And legend goes that he started working with Billy Corgan and that Billy was using that pedal on, on albums and everything else. You know what? Maybe it's late 1900s. Anyways, at some point in time in history, the, <laughs> apparently this guy had taken mods from this DIY forum, created his own pedal, called it the Creamy Dreamer, and then disappeared off the face of the earth after a while. Oh boy! So I don't, I don't remember the guy's name. I don't, I just remember that story roughly. And yeah. I had never talked to the guy, but I remember seeing a lot of people a little butthurt over the whole thing, you know. And at the end of the day, like it's just part changes to very simple circuits. Right. So it's you know, it's like. Um, you know, people talk about it's a tube screamer clone because it has an op amp. No, an op amp's just a basic gain circuit. It was a whole different era on the internet. So, yeah. you know, this was before oh, YouTube. Yeah. This is before oh, Amazon yeah. was selling anything like that. Like eBay was just kind of getting going. If, if it, you, you know what I mean? I mean, the internet so, was just getting going. Yeah. 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 The internet was still in diapers, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, like Jared. This guy could have totally, <laughs> this guy could have totally been lying. I don't know. But that's just the legend yeah. around the Creamy Dreamer mod is that it was the Billy Corgan sound. Well, the, you know, the big point there is that uh, instead of learning how, uh, I mean, I know that you probably are touching these things in a, in a certain element in here, but uh, in this book, but you're able to not get lost down a rabbit hole of, of technicality. Like I was able to open the book, look at one page and go, ah, that's how I add more mid to my uh to the disappearing mid problem of a muff yes and, and, and i was able to digest that so simply and that's not 
that still is not an easy thing like to to find that information because we have information overloaded there's so much of it combing through it is exhausting and a lot of bad yeah. information a lot of bad information <laughs> yeah so biased, yeah biased so anyway so you're working you said you're working on a new book yeah so so that how to modify effects book it was off the market for a long time mm-hmm. um once the pedal and it was really because once the pedal business was taking off mm-hmm. i i couldn't juggle both i just just i only had so many hours and i'd already limited my sleep as much as i could mm-hmm. and so i'm like i gotta shut this down so i quit getting emails all the time and um <sighs> I started noticing what's the price. I started noticing people were selling it on Amazon and eBay for like twenty five hundred bucks or something stupid, <laughs> and people were buying it. And I'm like, no, don't ever spend that much on that book. Oh yeah. my gosh, you know, I'm like, yeah. Google for it. You'll find the PDF. They'll, I mean, <laughs> you know. And so what I ended up doing, I just um, it was literally just like a button I pressed on Amazon, and it went live back on Amazon, and it dropped that price way back down to normal. Yeah. So. <laughs> So, you know, the book, the, the old How to Modify book is still on Amazon right now. Um, in the middle of rewriting it completely, brand new mods, brand new pedals, because some of those pedals you don't even see anymore in that book. Right. They're not, they're, you know, they're just, they're not readily available and they're just not popular anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's going to be completely updated totally. Um, also, so there was a couple books. There was uh, also the How to Build Effects, which is like a very beginner's guide to how to get started building. Mm-hmm. And then there was a little more advanced where I would kind of start, uh, again, not not too over the top where we start going into, you know, engineering school, right? Like, it wasn't about that. It was really about teaching guitar players a little bit more about stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was a little more advanced version of um, dirt pedals and that sort of thing. So, um, uh, you know, in... I say my spare time, it's, it's kind of a hobby. So, uh, you know, I'm not getting rich from it at all, but it's more just to put something out to the world. Yeah. You're making you know, the rest of us richer with knowledge. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's giving, it's giving people, um, a way to get better tone and, you know, if maybe they don't want to buy a $200 pedal, yeah, you yeah. know, and that's, that's totally cool. I have no problem with helping someone take their Joyo or whatever and, and make it sound a little better. Yeah, I mean, and without even dropping, you know, price issues in there, it's like for me, I I wasn't trying to start a business on you know making guitar pedals. I just wanted to do it. I think we are uh, those of us who are into guitar stuff. The more that we can get our hands on, the more that we can learn about it. It's just it feeds that beast. We want to be connected to the things that bring us joy, and simply me having all kinds of pedals and going like, I, I have a personality of, if I hear something like uh, first time I, I heard, um, Miles Davis, I'm like, well, now I got to know what it's like to play a trumpet. I wasn't a good trumpet player, but I had to know what that was like. And I, I think a lot of us fall into that where you, you know, we want to get in and amongst the gear. So a really cool way of doing that, especially now seeing, uh, there's almost a there's almost like a punk mentality to it you know so many times if you hear um uh, uh you know some of the old punkers the old the old punk rock stars talk about like how they got started and everything and they all point to you know a couple of bands well we saw the clash or we saw the sex pills and we said well if they can do it surely i can do it sure and right. to a certain degree <clears throat> that's what we have in in front of us right now it's well, really yeah, awesome the, the the mantra of diy yeah yeah yeah. Do it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> for those who don't know what the I Yes. For the youngsters that don't know what the UI is. Um, so Brian Dude, I'm young. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, aside from aside from being a um, a gentleman and a scholar writing books, you're also building a heck of a lot of guitar pedals. Yes. Quite a bit. Do you know offhand how many pedals you've put into production? Overall? Yeah. Past years? I don't. I really don't keep track of things like that. Um, I mean, if I sat down and started digging through old spreadsheets, I could figure it out. But I, I'm really not the type that looks at it and says, okay, well, we did 52,345 last year. This mm-hmm. year, we need to increase by 15%. Uh, that's just, that's not me. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I, I meant actually, models. 
<laughs> no, non-total non volume. So, you know, more than fifty-two thousand in the last year. <laughs> How many models? We got. We broke them. We broke them. <laughs> I don't. I I don't know because <laughs> this is going to sound so horrible. But sometimes I come across pedals that I built like on eBay. It, it might just be like a one-off, and I don't even remember building it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, so I try to buy it because I for, I don't even remember it, and I want to see if it even sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Usually that thing, stuff is you know? put together with duct tape, too, anyways. Yeah. So um, actual models, I, I don't know, maybe oh, 45. You know, so, that's, so like 65. That's it? So there's, <laughs> not, there's not a, we've discontinued. We've, those are like 24 or 5 in the line right now, something yeah. like that. And, I don't know. We've probably discontinued tender ten or fifteen mm -hmm. ish, maybe a little more. But I mean, keep in mind some of those might have been models in two thousand seven, where uh, like there was one called the Epidemic. It's a wonderful name of you know, <laughs> it's <right>. wonderful. <laughs> and it was basically just an order switcher, I think, or no, was it a feedback type pedal? I forget what it was, but it sucked. <laughs> it was horrible. It was terrible. Yeah. So I sold I sold three of those. You was, know? It, was that followed by the influenza? <laughs> the influenza. Yeah. That's, those flew off the, the shelf. The influenza is <laughs> really popular. Oh, all these flu jokes. I love it. Um, I will say one of the ones that you will see. So if you're searching on reverb and you type in Wampler, um, you're guaranteed for the ego to come up. Uh, you're, uh, I, I would say probably the industry, industry standard, uh, uh, compressor. It's yeah, it's, we've sold quite a bit of those. Yeah. yeah. So mm -hmm. I was, uh, one of the, one of our former guitar knobs, one of the guys that was on for a while, uh, Chris Graham, I was talking with him today and I said, Hey, guess who I'm interviewing today? And he says, who? And I said, Brian. And he's like, Wobbler, dude, the ego. <laughs> he's like hyperventilating. So I just wanted to give a shout. <laughs> he's a he's a mastering engineer, so like compression is his world. Oh man, he'll talk and, all day yeah. about it. Yeah, he 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 will. Um so that's that's out there. We have uh, an episode cool. on him, by yeah. Way. Yeah, in which we talk about the ego actually early on. Uh so okay, so People can go and check out all of your super amazing pedals. And I know that you're working on a couple new ones. Always. Yeah. Um, and I believe you said that you can't divulge any information. I won't press I wish you for I, that. I wish I could. I mean, I, I can tell you like the newest things that are coming in a couple months. But uh, so, for example, I have a list of things that I'm working on. And it's probably 25 to 30 thing, you know, items deep. That's it. <laughs> wow. You know, so... Um, <laughs> I can't talk about everything, but I know you know we're just getting ready to release a faux spring, a mini faux spring reverb. So a little version of El pedal we had discontinued, uh, reflection, which has a spring and a plate style setting, reverb, cool. and then the equator, which is a combination semi parametric and graphic EQ. So I like those. <laughs> I was so I'm really into those right now. I I don't think I think a lot of people don't understand how important and how useful an EQ is. Yes. You know what I mean? It's, it's so dramatic. Like you can change the, you can like take a metal zone and make it sound so amazing, you mm -hmm. know, and that's pretty hard to do. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, if you, I mean, that, that can be taken one of two ways, either, either it's completely irretrievable or anything you do to it is going to make it sound better. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, and I think just even understanding, um, it, would you mind just kind of explaining just briefly since you touched on this, I was going to, sure. but I have the resident expert in the house right now. Um, the difference between a band EQ and an, and a parametric EQ. Uh, yeah, let me do it in simple terms. It's way easier. Please. So basically, like a graphic style EQ is that's that's where you have like the little slider, and it may it may like when you slide it up a hundred hertz, mm -hmm. like the bass frequency. It's actually said it's actually changing from. And I'm like I said, I'm not going to do any math here. I'm just guessing. Let's yep. say it changes from ninety hertz to actually one hundred and ten, mm. and it's it, but not at, not at, like if it raises at twelve dB. It's rounded, like, God, see, it's so hard to do without a graph. It, it's not raising everything up to 12 dB. So 90, when you raise it all the way up, 
90 hertz may be raising by 9 dB. Mm-hmm. 100 may be at 12 dB. 110 may be at 9 dB. Does that make any sense? Yes. Perfect. I, to, okay. Okay. So, uh, and that's a fixed, that's fixed Q. So the width, the width of frequencies is fixed mm-hmm. and you can't change that frequency at all. Um, with our semi-parametric EQ, the, the Q, so the width is fixed on each, each, uh, there's two different mod, uh, mid pots there. Um, so the, the Q is fixed on both those, but you can change the frequency and I've, off the top of my head, I forget what they are, but it's something like 200 hertz to 5.5K, which is basically lows all the way to a bunch of highs. So you can really find the exact frequency that you're trying to either cut out or that you want to boost up to you know, cut through a mix or maybe just make it work with your amp better. So does that make sense? You can kind of tune in the frequency a little better with parametric. That does, yeah. I think uh, you get you get uh, actual raise in volume, but you can also narrow or widen the field of that volume, the, the frequency with, field. If you can change the Q, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, so that that actually adds quite a bit of depth and dimension when you are do, when you are playing around with those pedals. So if you're interested out there uh, in in you know maybe modifying the tone of your amp beyond your your treble and bass, or if you have a mid on your amp, uh, an EQ can do wonders to help that out. Um, especially a parametric EQ. I always tell people, like when you buy an amp, if you're, if you're unhappy with it, do two things: one, stick an EQ in the in the uh, effects loop; two, change a speaker. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, and then start working with pedals and pickups and all that stuff. That that's how I approach it. Oh, yeah. Got it. So we'll be on the lookout for those in the future. Can I just really quickly, uh, I, I know that we're talking about uh, pedals and your storied stuff, <laughs> your storied books and all that. Um, but Tony, Tony had a pressing question. Sure. Yeah, well, I, I was kind of curious because I've seen you at, at the NAM shows, gosh, for mm-hmm. I don't know how many years now. Yeah, and, too many. And, and a lot of my friends in the industry this year especially have uh, opted to not either participate or reduce the size of their space. I, I was just kind of curious what your, your NAM experience was this year or has been over the last couple of years. Well, our business is quite a bit different. So I, I don't want to put anybody down. So I got to be real careful here. Yeah. Some companies are ran by people who are really good at one thing or two things. So they may be a great engineer or they may be a really good um, I, I, marker. I'm going to use that loosely, but basically really good at talking to people, talking to the customer, relating to guitar players. Um, very few are really good at the business side. You know, so you see, I see a lot of companies where the owners decide not to go. And sometimes that's just because they're not really good. They don't understand that NAM is not about the end consumer. Mm-hmm. It's about finding new retailers and distributors and getting orders from those retailers and distributors. So if if you're not a good outside salesperson, NAM's going to be horrible for you. So I I know, being 43 now, I've learned what I'm good at, what I'm not good at, and what I completely suck at. Mm -hmm. So parts of our business, you know, I've I've outsourced the the business sell stuff. So that's that's done by uh, a different company, Boutique Amps Distribution. Um, they also build our stuff in LA as well. So they uh, and they they're the guys they build Friedman amps and Morgan amps and mm-hmm. they own Egnator. They they do a bunch of stuff. Uh, but so they build our stuff. They and they do distributing. So they'll take that product and send it to a distributor in uh, you know in England. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then that distributor in England will sell it to retailers. So I didn't want to be involved in that side at all. Like mm-hmm. all I wanted to do, I wanted to talk to guitar players like through whatever medium, whether it's video or audio, face to face or whatever. I wanted to do that stuff. And I also wanted to be, you know, the creative design part of it. Sure. So, you know, just that's the stuff I like. That's the stuff I'm good at. And um, I didn't want to mess with the other thing. So for us, since I have like this other company that's really good at that sort of thing, Nam's fantastic for us. Yeah, with every year, like it's a home run. 
Good. Well, that's so, good to hear because, like I said, I would, I mean, I think one of the big noticeable exceptions at, at winter uh, this year was was the lack of Gibson. Uh, there was a lot of scuttlebutt about that, and, and yeah. I'm sure there's other but, issues that, well, that, per, that pertain to but, that. But but I've had other other like I said other friends in the industry say, oh, it costs so much and it takes so much time, yeah. and it, I don't really see it a does. return on it." Well, yeah. you know, but how do you find a return on a magazine ad? Yeah, how do you find a return on a billboard? Yeah, you know, right, some right. of the stuff you can't measure. Some of the stuff is just by the gut. You know, did we grow last year? Maybe it was because of Nam. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I don't. I think I don't know. Every company is different. So some companies aren't going to. Uh, well, I'll tell you, a good friend of mine, Charles Whitfield, who makes the Telecasters and Strats that I love, he was going to go to Nam, and I was like, Charles, I wouldn't do it. That's not your model. Like you, you sell direct to, to consumer. Mm-hmm. You're not going to do very well at Nam. You're just going to waste a bunch of money. Right. You know. So I think it just depends on the company. Most of our sales are retailers based. We do sell from the website, but by and large, uh, people are buying our stuff through whether it's Amazon or Reverb or eBay or you know, get a little bit of Guitar Center, or Sweetwater or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know. So it just depends on the company, I think. Yeah, yeah I'm a smaller uh, company. I sell pickups for a living. And when I went to Nam, they're laughing at me right now because the way my arms. When I went to <laughs> Nam, it, it was my first hilarious. my <laughs> first time at Nam, and I, I was only able to go one day because of a thing. But uh, when I was there, <laughs> he got those a rash. Things, they always get in the way. Another small uh, Wolf Tone pickups, him and I kind of buddied up and he, he taught me the ways of just going around and, and uh, focusing on sourcing. Use the force, Luke. So that to me was invaluable. What? Well, yeah, that's, and that's a great what, place to find. Oh my, because they're all yeah. in one spot. Yep. Yep. I mean, yeah. So that yeah. that was very exciting. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to. I, I I know that uh, we don't want to keep you too terribly long. I do want to find oh, out. I'm all right you. right now. Okay, good. Um, okay, so another hour. Is that good? No. <laughs> <laughs> when I fall asleep, just yeah. end, end it there. We're putting right. a pot of coffee on right now. So <laughs> so we we've talked about you how you ended up, but um, if we go back to, I, I'm curious how you got into guitars. Into guitars itself? Yeah. Well, my brother was a drummer. Um, you know, I was seven years old, mm-hmm. and he was practicing downstairs with his band, his high school band, and they were playing Night Ranger, Don't Tell Me You Love Me. <laughs> and, um, I remember Thursday. Thursday. That's a great guitar, song. Guitar player had a white flying V, and I thought, that is cool as hell. Hey. And... For sure. A white flying V, nobody's going to argue that. Right. So that, that I was hooked. I didn't want to be a drummer. I wanted to be the guitar player because that guitar was awesome. Mm-hmm. And so I talked to my parents into buying me a guitar for Christmas. And I got like a, a little muff fuzz from, from Electro Harmonics that plugged into the guitar. That was my first pedal. Nice. And, uh, you know, I had like a little Kingston amp, like a little, it might have been a three watt solid state. It was about six inches high. And I just couldn't figure out why I didn't sound like Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, that continued. Um, have like you fi- that, have, you, have I, you figured that out yet? <laughs> I, about three years ago, I did. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, even through high school, I was broken. I yeah. had to create G40. I'm actually looking at, at it right Not that one, but a model just like it. Right. I create G40 and playing a high school band. Sure. Still couldn't sound like Eddie Van Halen. Couldn't understand why. Yeah. But, um, you know, yeah, I was so buying funny. pedals back then and just, you know, trading guitar. Like, I just, there was not information like there is now. So yeah. I just, I didn't know. I, I didn't know what Eddie used. And I mean, he tinkered with know. this stuff anyway. So. Yeah. 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 Our, yeah. I mean, depending which tech you talk to. <laughs> yeah. Sure. So, <laughs> so, uh, degree, now that, now that you have access and you have all the greats, the, 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 the great builders, um, you know, in your Rolodex, what, uh, what do you like playing these days? Man, that's a really good question. I don't think I've ever been asked that before. Oh, um, sweet. It, it, this is going to, you're, you're going to think I'm an old fogey. But honestly, my favorite stuff um, is really like classic rock, classic rock, 80s rock. I suck at 80s rock. Totally. I, I've tried to shred my entire life. <laughs> I've practiced scales until my fingers bled. 
I suck at that. Uh, I'm decent at chicken picking type stuff. Um, mm-hmm. For some reason, that comes a little easier to me. Hmm. And uh, so I went through a long phase where I would do a lot of chicken picking type stuff. But um, as anyone in America knows, country music has totally changed away from that. Yeah. It's basically yeah. a lot of pop. So, you know, I like I like the I like the chicken picking stuff. It's real like like Brad pa- I like Brad Paisley a lot because oh, yeah. he throws like his solos aren't just three notes and a chord. You know, it takes some figuring out to nail that stuff. So. Yeah. That's kind of the two areas that I really kind of gravitate is um, uh, countryish stuff that requires some focus to figure out, and um, more more classic rock based stuff. And guitar tone wise, just it's it's really classic rock, like it's Scorpions, for example, or you know, the first mm-hmm. two Van Halen albums. You know that that stuff was amazing to me growing up, Still and is. yeah, I mean, just even like. A little bit further, like I remember hearing the first, the uh, the second Lynch Mob album, which was totally different than the first Lynch Mob album, and just those tones at that time were so unique to what '80s rock was doing. Mm-hmm. I was just like, "Oh my god, what is George doing there? Like, what's he playing? What's <laughs> like, you know, I, I got to get that. What kind of unit is that? What, you know, man, he's so super talented too. Yeah, and I, he really is a nice guy. So, well, uh, I got a question. Like, what is sure. your your best and most prized possession guitar that you have right now. What what's your go to and your favorite? Well, it is um, it's my first good guitar I ever had. It's and I don't play it very often, but it's a fifty two reissue. I think it's Japanese, made in Japan. Yeah, see. I think it's made in Japan. Early eighties. Um, when did I buy that? I bought that in the mid nineties. Okay, that's when I bought it brand new. Bought it on a credit card from, oh, what was that store? It became Sam Ash, but I, for, I forget the name of the mu- Mars Music. That's what it was. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. You talking about yeah. 52 reissue Strat? No, I'm oh, sorry. Telecaster. Telecaster. I'm just yep. checking. There's because there's yep. reissues all over the place. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there it. wasn't a Strat in 52. Well, I, yeah. I got Japan I got made that. some really good guitars. Yeah. Got, you got that and a um, uh, PV Delta Blues. And that nice. was my first, my first tube amp, and my first good guitar, mid nineties. Nice, nice. Uh, I like so. that. Um, and thanks for beating me up, guys. Um, <laughs> 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 all right, man. Well, hey, I, I, I so truly appreciate you sharing your your time and kind of pleasure. giving us the the backstory on why we actually give a crap about pedals right now and why it's so exciting and and. And, uh, you know, the rise of the, of the boutique pedal, um, speaking of the rise of the, well, not really boutique pedal, but (laughs) Jared's rising in his seat right now because he's got a little something for us. Well, it's time for, would you rather? (laughs) Okay. This week's, that's his thing. That's right. (laughs) Would you rather? Yeah, so your ma comes home from a garage sale <laughs> and brings an an old 1960s. Shawnee, I got a 1960s. Firebird, Gibson Firebird, and it is tore apart. It's been sanded down, refinished a hundred times. Beats a crap. That's right. It's not worth anything anymore. So you're like, yeah, I'm going to make this mine. Do I want a finish with a racing stripe? Because no. Because you have all no, no, that. No, 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 no. no. Oh, I see it. You're like the waitress that goes around the table with six people and she goes, yeah, no, I got it. And then comes back five minutes later and goes, wait, oh, did you want? You want the word racing stripe cream? on the, on the finish? No. Pin, pin stripe. Pin, pin stripe. Pin stripe. Pin We're keeping all this in here. Pin, <laughs> racing stripe is like right? Yeah. Racing stripe is like, you know, the big fat stripe. That's, don't want that. So pinstripes. Well, who doesn't want a racing stripe? It's not the. That's not the. Would you rather? <laughs> but you're crapping on the racing stripe. Yeah, because uh, uh, pinstripe. Pinstripes on the thing. Pinstripes on the thing. Yeah, the, thing. The, the guitar, as many will call it. So, would you rather have a finish with pinstriping? Yeah. Or would you rather have the nice heavy rattle can flake finish, like a real heavy sparkle flake finish? Honest answer is I really don't care about what a guitar looks like. So, t- 
But what to would me, you rather I, have? I mean, if if I had to pick one, you have to. I, you yeah, have to pick say, one. I'd probably say pinstripe because I don't want the paint from the spray can like rubbing off of my clothes. But like literally, <laughs> I don't care what my guitars look like. I don't care what color they are. I'm, and same thing with pedals. If it was up to me, I wouldn't paint any pedals or put any graphics on them. They'd just all be gray. Wow. <laughs> How do you really feel about that? Yeah. <laughs> Would you at least put numbers on them so you know what no. you're doing? No, see, that's, that's the beauty. You, that way you never know what you're stepping on. It's always a surprise. It's always a surprise. It's like Christmas, it's like Christmas every day. Uh, I like it. Yeah. That, all I can imagine in my head is a giant unmarked uh, switcher, just a, a pedal switcher that... You have no idea what's going on. What's this do? You'll find out. Yeah, awesome. Uh, Tony, what what do you got? I'm 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 going for the. Uh, I think I'm going to go for the metal flake. All right. I love you know. There's something you know. A really heavy metal flake just like looks so cool. Okay. And I'll 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 take that. All right. That's what I'm taking. Good. Any co- I'm, I'm really any, thinking about any taking particular that. color? Uh I think I want a bright orange metal flake. Good man. Jared. You know what I'm gonna choose. I man. know. So I'm gonna choose pinstriping. Ah! All right. <laughs> All right. Todd, what about you? I well, okay, so I got a little bit of logic behind this. All right. I'm. I like. I like a good flake, a tasteful flake. Yeah, okay. Let Not me make. Let heavy. me clarify that. Um, and I do like pinstriping. I don't like pinstriping when it's trying too hard to look like a like a rat rod kind of thing, where it's just like, okay, I get it. You like fifties junk and you know rockabilly and stuff. But the Firebird's got a lot of wood on it. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of open space, mm-hmm. so I'd want to activate that. Mm-hmm. So I would go for a a rear end uh, pinstriping, you know, towards the uh, tail of the guitar, not all over the thing, but just something t- something nice to activate that. Just little design, just that, yeah, a little something, something like a back tramp there. stamp. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> something that's something that's sexy and cool. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and will never go uh, away. Right, yes. right. I like just throw it. a little whale tail right over sexy. that. Sexy. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, hey, that. Uh, <laughs> with that, we're going to uh, wrap this ditty up. We'd like to remind you that at Reverb.com, you will find a marketplace just for musicians all over the world. You can buy, sell, make offers, and negotiate with complete protection. Whether you're selling from home or if music gear is your day job, there are millions of listings online already. And it's free to list yours, too. So join the musician's marketplace at Reverb.com. Yay! Yay! Thank you to you guys for doing that. And, and we also uh, want to give a big shout we, out we to, have to... We have to shout out to our executive producers. Yes. And these are people who have gone to patreon.com and have pledged a monthly amount to become part of the of the Guitar Knobs family. Yeah. Yep. Familia. Familia de, de podcast. They right. get to have their name read on the... Family. And that's exactly what I'm going to do right now. Jim. Do it, man. Let's do it. So I would like to thank, from the bottom of my heart, and many of our hearts in here. Oops, there goes my thing. Um, I'm going to start with our newest, 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 newest executive producers. Uh, that would involve Robert Marfleet. Thank you, Robert. And John Anglin, also our other new Welcome, executive guys. producer. Welcome, Welcome. aboard. Uh, and then we're going to go back to the top. Let's uh, start with Mr. Tom Barazin, Mr. Martin Cliff. David Wolfson, Matt Brammer, Carlos Mancha, Pete Marshall, Derek Fitzer, Robin Smith, John Daly, Oliver Gonzalez, Sean S., and Chris Kearney. All my guys. Are those all your guys? What, all of them. what does that even mean? They're but that's fans. okay. But hey, I hey, just hey, want to... Just, just uh, hold are you on. Done? Just, no, I'm not done yet. Okay, keep going. So, so let's just say if you would like to become an executive producer and have your name read on the thing as... Jared is so fond of saying, uh-huh. right. go go to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs and find out how. Exactly. And I want to just call out something. This was pretty funny. We got a note from uh, a, a particular person whose name you just read off. It says, hey, guys, I laugh every time you read my name as Sean S. on the show since it makes you pause each time. So I almost hate to tell you. 
But if you want to use it, my last name is Sheldon. <laughs> Sean Sheldon. Sorry about that. Didn't realize my last name was absent or whatever when I filled out Patreon. He's Keep actually, up the great work and thank you for the stickers, etc., etc., etc. You guys have class. Didn't want to skip that part. <laughs> Sincerely, Sean S. Smiley face. Great guy. So thanks, thanks Sean. Sean S. Um, all right, everybody. This has been a blast. I am so happy that I got to uh, have you on the show, Brian. Um, you were a, a great guest, and we greatly appreciate not only the time you spent with us today, but your contribution to all of our guitar worlds. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys. I really appreciate it. You bet. Uh, Tony, uh, actually, let's, let's get to Brian. Brian. Let's get to Brian first. Uh, where can they find, where, where can people best find you and your items? The internet. Perfect. No, uh, so, um, wamplerpedals.com mm-hmm. is our website, of course. Our Facebook is Wampler Pedals. Our Instagram is Wampler Pedals. The YouTube channel is, interestingly enough, Wampler Pedals. Wow. And, uh, what a coincidence. Yeah, and let's see Twitter, Wampler Pedals, How Snapchat, Brian Wampler, mm. Podcast, Chasing Tone, Chasing Tone Podcast. Mm-hmm. So, if, so, it's not as good as yours. So, if you like some. Oh, you know, stop. two dudes that ramble for 30 minutes about <laughs> it might be gear related. It might not. You never know what you get. Um, so nice. I think that's it. I think that's it off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, and, and, and watch out yeah. for his books coming up. And if you haven't gotten yours already, go try to find a copy of how to modify guitar pedals. It's on Amazon. On Amazon. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Tony. Well, if people would like to find me, mm-hmm. they can also go on the internet. <laughs> and and yes and and we actually had somebody who was a listener of the show say wait what was that guy's name again so all of the rigmarole you do every year has, hasn't helped at all apparently. see how it is see how it is yeah. no they can go to pickguardian.com oh, yep in the various social medias uh i think i'm mostly listed under pick guardian and the number one because yep. some sob took Pick Guardian. Yeah. I'm coming after you. So go get yourself a su- super sweet uh, pick guard. Custom, custom made. Custom made. Yeah. Jared. If you need new pedals or pedals. Pedals. You're doing pedals? All right. Jared's <laughs> doing you hear pedals. That, <laughs> he read the book and he's making pedals. Yeah. Then go to Brian, Brian. Then go to Wampler Pedals. But if you need, <laughs> if you need pickups or pickup repair, uh, that would be brandonwoundpickups.com. On the internet and Facebook is Brandon Wound Pickups. And my email is Jared, J A R E D, at BrandonWoundPickups.com. And who winds these pickups? Jared Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think, I think we've had enough of this. Subscribe! Yeah. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes four on the floor blog and other good stuff you can connect with us on social too at our facebook page and share your gear and stories on our facebook group also be sure to check out our instagram at guitar knobs catch you next time